What's up, everybody? Thank you for being here with us for episode six of Beauty in the Cleats. My name is Ruth Kakias, better known as Ruth the Truth, and I'm alongside my lovely host, Kaylee Chikoski. Yes. There we go. Week six, you know. Yes, we got it. I'm so happy for us. <laughs> down, How down are you and what are you drinking? How are you doing? Fill me in. Um, yeah, I'm drinking a red Spanish Tempranillo. Um, so real fancy today. I'm doing well. Obviously, it's not a victory Wednesday for me, but um, you know, it is what it is. We're hanging in there. Yes, yes. It's been a great week. A lot of uh, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Cowboys lost over the weekend, so I am yeah. no. I am also with you on that, with it not being a victory Wednesday. I am alongside a lovely margarita, joined by no Ooh. salt, just the way I like it. <laughs> and yeah, I'm ready to have a great show. It's episode six. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Um, we're mm-hmm. in Title Town. I don't know if you're aware, but you know Tampa Bay is making the run. So we wanted to start the show by giving a a nice congratulations shout to the Bolts for bringing home the yes. Stanley Cup. So I'm yeah. excited. Are are you planning to attend the festivities tomorrow? Um, I can't, unfortunately. I am working, so I will be unable to attend the festivities. But yes, as you said before, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning Bolts. That was a heck of a finals, and you guys were able to lift the trophy at the end. And I don't know if you saw the video on Twitter of Steve uh, the, uh, the, the captain of the team carrying mm. the, <laughs> carrying the trophy and he was just complaining how heavy it was, <laughs> but I know that was like a great moment for him to be able to, to experience that. So yeah, congratulations. They got it done. For sure. For sure. They did. did. It they was did. Zero. They shut him out. They shut him out. You know, the defense just got better and better, not only over the playoffs, but also throughout that series. So I think just seeing them progress gives me a lot of hope. Uh, for the next few years now that we've yeah. kind of set that set that standard and hopefully next year we won't regress I think that's the that's the goal yeah I definitely feel like they played with a chip on their shoulder especially in the first round last year against Columbus nobody saw that happening so I know they probably felt like slightly underdogged this season you know with the way that they went out so it was great and cra- congratulations to Victor Heidman, who won yeah. the MVP for the Stanley Cup. And uh, as he quoted, that it's going to be the Stanley Cup for the Tampa Bay Bolts for a lifetime. It's forever. It's a yeah. forever thing when you win a championship, when you're able to like rock that ring. You know, it must feel great. I would, if I was, if I was like a, let's say Tom Brady, for example, that has six rings, I think I would wear them every day. No? Oh my gosh. I would be so annoying. I think about like when I get engaged and I have one ring, <laughs> I'm going to be that person who's like, oh, did you see that over there? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to do everything with my left hand just to show it off. So I can't imagine having like, those are actual accomplishments, right? Like if I had yeah. six rings that were actual Super Bowl championship league, like world championship rings, I would be the worst person to interact with. Because I'm just telling you right now, like when I do get engaged, if and when, um it will be if if and when it will be it's going to happen kaylee i'm pretty sure we have a fan out there at this very moment that is sticking with sticking with us throughout all these episodes because they are just oh yeah infatuated with you oh i mean the that's the dream right that's the dream right yeah no i think i think it's awesome i think you know bringing home that second stanley cup it's very very exciting for the town it's exciting for tampa also 
to kind of spearhead what, you know, is a Rays postseason that looks somewhat promising. And then yeah. also with the Bucks, you know, rising from the ashes with Tom Brady <laughs> and a whole new team, I think it is really, really, um, it's exciting and it provides a lot of momentum for the city. So I'm interested to see, I know Philly was in this position, you know, right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I think I'm interested to see how that's going to have an impact on, you know, the Rays and the Bucks. I don't know that it will um, on paper, but ment- mentally and momentum wise, I'm interested to see if we really do make that push for a title town. I mean, I, I squatted on the take that the Bucks won't make the playoffs, but you know, if that is if that is what it takes to wrap up a three championship title town, like I'm not gonna hate. You know, right? I'm here right. for it. And thank you, James Flash Ludeman, for tuning into the show and correcting me on my pronunciation. It's pronounced <laughs> Headman. So my bad on that. It's a learning progress. So I appreciate you correcting <laughs> me. But yeah, uh, to conclude what you said, uh, Tampa, the Tampa Bay Bucks are under a lot of pressure because yeah. honestly, the Tampa Bay Rays have already won a title when they run the AL East in the division for the for the MLB. So I feel like it's all on Tampa Bay Bucks right now. And um, I don't think, I mean, I don't wouldn't consider the Orlando Magic to be a part of what they have going on in Tampa because obviously they're in two different cities. Yeah. So, but it would be interesting to see in the future if Tampa were to ever acquire a, like an NBA team, then they could really consider themselves to be a title town with For all sure. major sports, which is such an accomplishment. We could be like, you know, another Boston. Oh, put Tampa on the map, like on the map, map. <laughs> you know, Tampa's getting up there. I just think like we need a few more years to develop as a city in sports and in like you know, national news. I mean, not in like the Florida way of national news, but like positive national news. And we're right up there. I just think at this point, we have good things going. I think with having like the G League affiliation in Lakeland helps, I will say, I think that's what ties people a little bit more to the magic. Because I think right now, no one's really um like talking about the heat here. Like no one's really like, I know people from Miami who are big on the heat, but like no one here in Tampa is like, hype for the heat (laughs) to be in the finals and i'm like yeah i feel like this is as a magic fan i feel like this is somewhat good i mean it's not ideal but it's definitely fun to watch the heat with jimmy butler and i just think like we should also consider that somewhat of a win not for our title town but at least for our state so i I don't know we've got a lot to brag on and i think that's exciting like we're we're rounding the corner um, we're a joke in a lot of ways as a state, but in sports, no, we're, we're there. Yeah, and we have Disney to stand on. Hello. Oh. Everybody loves Disney. Everybody. We, we have to remember, remember we live where people vacation. So we do. You can, people could talk all the smack about Florida mm-hmm. as much as they want, but they all come down here to enjoy our beaches. So 100%. Yeah, just keep them coming. And if you are from the Tampa Bay area or you just live in Florida at all, please jump in our comments, say hello, let us know that you're there. And thank you again for joining us on episode six of Beauty in the Cleats. Gosh, I love that name. I can't stop saying it. it. I think it's it's a great name. And every time I hear somebody talking about it, I'm just like, man, that's whoever made that up, man, that's a smart lady. So funny. And you know what? So funny story. Last night I was on with Sports Caffeine Live. And so I get a notification on Twitter about someone following the Beauty and the Cleats Twitter. And it was my roommate's brother out of nowhere. Didn't even know it was my podcast. Just like came across it on Twitter and is like, anything sports, I'm in. And I was like, I literally screenshotted it and sent it to her. And I was like, is this your brother? And she's like, 
yeah and (laughs) and he had no idea it was me didn't know who I was like doesn't really know anything about me but was just like yeah that looked cool so I followed them on Twitter and I was like yes yeah need I love that look at that yeah and and I also had a fan of mine from Scotland follow our Twitter page and our uh, Beauty and the Cleats page. Make sure you are following Beauty and the Cleats on Instagram and, and on Twitter. Yes. And please subscribe to us on YouTube because we yes, need to get yes, yes. our subscribers up. So you guys could all be here to enjoy the magic every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So let's Ooh. dive into some national news since you were talking nationally okay did yep. you watch we're only going to talk about this briefly because this is a sports podcast and that's what we're going to stick with mm-hmm. but i just wanted mm-hmm. to get kaylee's take on the presidential debate that happened last night um unfortunately i was at work at disney so i could not watch it live but you must believe i youtubed it and uh i probably spent about an hour and 20 minutes of my life um, trying to digest and understand what the heck was going on. Um, yeah. I really feel bad for the mediator, uh, Chris Wallace, that was in between that madness because, I mean, it, it was just – it was horrific. Like, I felt bad for the guy trying to yeah. control yeah. both of these egos at the same time. And But, I mean, I, I guess, you know, Biden held his own. Oh, my light went out. Biden held his own and kind of – I don't know. To me, he kind of – did his best to keep himself conservative with all that was going on. But I just wanted to get your take on it really quick. I, without diving too much into, I guess, my opinions, I think what was great about the whole event. So what confused me a little bit, and I'm just going to talk, I'm going to talk candidly to everyone out there. What confused me a little bit is the people who treated this as if it was a Bachelor finale, correct? I was seeing Instagram stories of like, getting my wine and charcuterie ready for the presidential debate. I'm like, is this The Bachelor? Or are you like (laughs) tuning in for like the information? Because I'm confused. Like you're way too excited. Whether you like, no matter what side you agree with, like you're way too hype and like chill to be watching a presidential debate. So that kind of threw me off at first. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep happy, right? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to watch some TikToks. I do what I normally do an hour to two of scrolling mindlessly on TikTok before bed. So that's what I did. I woke up and I was able to catch the highlights of the debate this morning while I was at the gym. And what I will say about this is the memes, priceless. The quotes, priceless. I, there's honestly, I, it, it exceeded my expectations of the amount of one-liners I can pull from this. Um, the amount of TikTok sounds coming out of this debate. So content wise, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, no matter what you agree with, it was it was priceless comedic content. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a hot mess, but we will leave it at that, because as I said, this is beauty in the cleats where we talk about cleats and things that involve cleats (laughs) and sports in general, because that's just what we do, because we are two fans of sports. And if you are watching live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, make sure to jump in our comments and hang out with us. James Flash Ludeman is talking about college football, which we will brush up on really quick. Did you get to get a chance to watch any games over the weekend? Because I, I want to say that Texas State against Texas game was oh. phenomenal. Oh, and I want to say great game. Yeah. And I just want to let everybody know, like, I knew that FSU was going to lose. I just didn't think All it was right. going to go down that bad. We to be honest. That is 
Florida State needs to. So I grew up a Florida State fan. Obviously, I went to UCF, so I will rep the Knights harder than anything. But Florida State needs to take a take a step back, right? They need to um, they need to say, you know, I don't know, fudge some COVID cases. I don't know what to tell you. You don't need to play any more games. It, the season's over for you if you're Florida State. I, that was wild. I mean, Miami's good. I, I we're gonna see how good they are in the rest of the season, but Florida yeah, State they play is Clemson coming out. Yeah, so I mean that's okay. we're gonna see that Florida State should cancel their Clemson game. Yeah, I mean they, they when, it's, with, with LSU losing as well. I mean they yeah. have, they lost fourteen of their starters to the NFL, so I can't be completely shocked. I think everybody saw it that they weren't gonna be at their best abilities because they're in that rebuilding stage. I mean. Joe Burrow has left them for the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals. And yeah. it's just, they're, they're, they're starting pretty much as a baby right now. So I wasn't they too are. surprised over that, um, that Mississippi state win against LSU. Um, the score of that game is actually eluding me right now, but um, let's jump into some uh, week three of the NFL. What everybody yeah. was really here for um, were there yeah. any shockers for you other than your Jaguars upset to Miami on Thursday night football. You know what? Like I said, as soon as the entire sports caffeine cast um, chose the Jaguars to win, I looked at the situation. I said Thursday night, all teal against the Dolphins. Like we're losing. That is, those are prime games for us to give away because that's what usually happens. Um, but I would say, other than that, like, so there were just some things that I expected to happen that really didn't. Right? There's teams that went. 0-3 that I didn't expect to go 0-3. There's teams that went 3-0 that I didn't expect to go 3-0. A good example of that is, you know, the, the Vikings, right? And I do think that they put their offense together a little bit more. We saw that. Um, but the Titans have no business being 3-0, and 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 the Vikings have no business being 0-3. So this is the week I thought they would put it together, pull out, you know, the upset for lack – I mean, barely an upset. But – it didn't happen. So I think we're seeing, you know, we've got seven undefeated teams and they all look different, right? They all look a little unique. We've got the Bills, the Titans, the Chiefs, Steelers, Bears, Packers, Seahawks. That's those teams are so different. And mm-hmm. once we see those matchups come together a little bit more, I'm interested to see who's the real deal and who's not the real deal. Um Britt Buck, are the Bills for real? I think I'm going to give a formal apology. I picked against the bills this week. Yes. What do you think, Ruth is Josh Allen for real? And are the bills for real? I picked for the bills to win. So I did win that matchup because I believe in Josh Allen and I believe on that in the offense and they're honestly defensively, they might be young, but it's not looking too shabby. I mean, ever since they took it to us in the 2019 season Mm. on a ungrateful Thanksgiving of mine, where they (laughs) put it to the, Oh my God. They took it to us on that, on that Thanksgiving. So ever since then, I kind of started really paying attention to Josh Allen and just how much he's, you know, his football IQ, he's still developing, but he's just willing to put his body out there to get things done. When he needs to run on his feet, he's, he's quick on his feet. So I believe in, in, in Josh Allen and what they have going in that division. And they might just be a sneaky pick um, in that division over new England. Who knows? I mean, for sure. I think Josh Allen, I said this last night and I'll say it again. I mean, until he proves me wrong, what more could you want from him? I mean, he's got over a thousand yards He's running the ball. I, he's doing all the things you could ask for him to do. He's improved significantly since last year. 
And he's a leader. And I think that's the biggest thing that really stands out up until this point, leading these really close games and these final drives in the fourth quarter. That's what you need out of a franchise quarterback. And that's what a lot of teams, you know, we're, we're in a time right now where you're seeing all of these really good quarterbacks, you know, play the game. And not too long ago, we were in this quarterback drought. Where are we going to find quarterbacks? And now they're everywhere, right? We've got great quarterbacks at every corner of the league. And you need someone who can be that franchise guy, can lead your team, can win games and turn it around. And that's really who he is. And I think that's who he's going to stay. I mean, the do their competitors improve over the season? Probably. But I think you have to look at their close scores, and I don't think that tells a story. I think I think they're going to keep the score close because that's the kind of team they are. I don't think they're going to get ahead and they're going to put a ton of points on anyone, but I definitely think they are a team that's going to pull out the win when they need to. Right. And that's and, how I feel about Josh Allen. Yeah. And speaking of teams that put a lot of points on the board, I want to talk about Kansas City and just kind of dissect – that game oh. when they had MVP against MVP for the n- Monday night football. So the, the chiefs were able to pull it out um, during that game. And I just want to say, I didn't really understand some of the stats that they were putting up during that game, because I want to say deep into the second quarter, probably like with three minutes left on the clock, they put a stat up there that really kind of shook me. And I definitely want everybody who's paying or everybody who's watching on the live stream to jump in the comments and kind of give your perspective on it. But at one point, the passing yards were 137 to seven. You heard me correctly. Yeah. I said seven. Yeah. I didn't. And and Lamar Jackson ended the game with 97 passing yards, and I just didn't understand. Like uh, somebody who won the league MVP. Yes, I understand that you're going against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs, and they have a gnarly defense. I understand that, but when when you're the MVP and you're going up against the Super Bowl MVP and the reigning champs, I just felt like, I don't know. I, I'm a little sketchy on the Baltimore Ravens at this point. Kaylee, let me know oh. your take. So I, it's two-sided, right? I think you saw the Chiefs get really creative. You saw Andy Reid pull out all the stops. And I don't know if it's because it's the Ravens or the team was coming off a pretty bad game for the Chiefs. I mean, you pulled out a win in week two, but you looked – pretty bad. I mean, you went into overtime with the chart. I mean, come on. Like you, that should, that game shouldn't have gone to overtime, plain and simple, not against Justin Herbert and the chargers. So I think when you're looking at Andy Reid and you're looking at their offense, I think they came in, they pulled out all the stops. They got creative in their playbook. They went deep. They did all the things they needed to do to annihilate the Ravens. And I think the Ravens went in there thinking we're going to play our game and we're going to play it how we normally play it. What they don't factor in is the Chiefs are next level. And I think they got out coach. And I, I say that because when you look at Lamar Jackson's stats against the rest of the NFL, dominant, stellar. I mean, his record, his passing yards, everything about him screams dominant and MVP when you look at him versus the league. But when you look at him versus the Chiefs, he's 0-3. So that tells you a story about Patrick Mahomes more than it tells you a story about Lamar Jackson because that's how much... Patrick Mahomes leads Lamar Jackson in talent, ability, and honestly, just being coachable, being in an offense that's really tailored to you. Not that the Ravens haven't done that with Lamar, but Patrick Mahomes is next level. And like I said, Andy Reid is going to pull out no stops. He's a phenomenal coach. He's brilliant. And we saw that on full display. I don't know if the Ravens play calling was up to par. And I think it put Lamar Jackson in a lot of predicaments that 
he shouldn't have been in. So on on one end, I feel like he's not set up for success in that in that matchup. But I also think Patrick Mahomes is just leagues above everybody. So I think that's where I struggle. I think it really demonstrated how good Patrick Mahomes is because I mean he annihilated them. Yeah, plain and simple. Speaking of annihilation, uh, James Flash Ludeman just made a comment. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching the show, Flash. But I gotta say, <laughs> him telling, admitting that he benched Patrick Mahomes for Minshew because he thought the defense was gonna play better in Baltimore. I what you benched Patrick logical. Mahomes for that's Minshew? That's logical for me. See, that's mm. logical to me. Not as a Minshew fan, but as a fantasy football player, because you look at. Baltimore, who was touted to have the best defense in the NFL, right? So you're looking at these stats, but you those stats on the defense coming into a game against any of the other 30 teams in the league and then coming into a game against the Chiefs, completely different. So I understand the logic there. So I won't even I won't even shame Ludeman for that. That's I really a little, won't. That's a little questionable for me. And I, I thought I was making a huge mistake by sitting Minshew and putting uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in a week two. So, I mean, I <laughs> thought that was bad, but that was very questionable because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had four touchdowns during that game. He had almost 500 yards. Like, yeah. the man went off. So, I'm pretty sure, James Flash Ludeman, you probably left, like, 60 points on your bench that week, buddy. I'm, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying that's a little questionable. But let's talk about some other shockers over the weekend. So nobody – I think the Seahawks were like a six-point favorite over the Cowboys on the, the, Sunday, the Sunday afternoon matchup in Seattle. Yep. My Cowboys came up short, but oh. I'm, not, I'm not completely angry. I'm not, I'm not upset. I didn't feel like depressed or anything. You know, it was a good game, and it went down to the very last minute. I mean, we, we went up against – Russell Wilson, who is obviously everybody's, you know, there's a lot of buzz going around about him being on a run for league MVP, which is well-deserved. He's in his ninth season in the NFL and he hasn't won a league MVP. So I feel like, you know, it's about his time and what better, you know, what better time but the present for him. But I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough running with Patrick Mahomes alongside of him, just saying, but uh, yeah, my Cowboys fall to one and one and two over a loss. Um, The score was 31 to 38 and uh, Dak Prescott, I, I'm telling you, he is he is he the future for sure. He balled. 400, he balled. 497 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I wouldn't count that last interception as a real interception. Okay, so they were down by, by one touchdown. They were down by one touchdown in the fourth quarter with like 35 yeah. seconds left in the game. He got the ball back. I believe it was like – third and four, and he threw a Hail Mary in the last six seconds of the game. Now, for a second, right after the game, I was like, why didn't he just – because he avoided the sack. I don't know if anybody saw that, but he yeah. did some gymnastics and backflipping and, you know, did does what Dak does best, and he avoided a sack and threw a Hail Mary pass in the end zone that would have connected with Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, but, you know – it got intercepted, but I mean, he was trying to win the game, so I'm not upset over that interception. But the one, the one that happened in the first quarter with the fumble, like that, that is unacceptable. You cannot yeah. start off flat against the team yeah. like Seattle. Well, how do you think they played, Kaylee? I want to know your take. I think Seattle, and you look at their numbers, right? Their defense is playing horrendously. I mean, through three weeks, they've allowed over 1,200 passing yards. Right? That's the most I want to say 
ever. I don't know if that's NFL history or definitely this year. They're the worst pass rush defense in the league so far. They they gave over 400 yards to Matt Ryan. They gave almost 400 to Cam Newton, and then they they handed Dak Prescott 460 passing yards. In that's insane, and they're winning games. And that's the thing is that shows you how dominant. Russell Wilson is and that's why I think when it comes to MVP it's hard to argue against him because he's working with a defense of Jamal Adams that's pretty much all he's got right now and obviously they're adding reinforcements this week they they signed someone they brought up some practice squad guys but thus far they're dealing with a terrible defense that can't get the the opposing team off the field on third down they can't they can't get the other teams off the field but yet Russell Wilson comes in and dominates these games. And I just think you're looking at a team that wants to win. You're looking at a team that's finally letting Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson and what we all knew he was for the past five years now. And we're just getting to see him be 100% who he is. And when you look at his stats, I mean, he's got more touchdowns than the entire rest of the comp- of the division. So the NFC West has 14 touchdowns. He has 14 touchdowns. Yeah. That's, that's Russell exactly. Wilson. And he wow. actually has the most touchdowns in NFL history for a QB in the first three games. Yeah, that's so he's, he's making history. That's crazy. So I, I don't – look, the Cowboys played well. Dak played well. I think they still have to clean up the game, right? He, he had two interceptions that were counted, one that was dropped. You have, to, you have to look at how to clean these up. How do you get rid of these penalties? How do you get rid of these turnovers? But the defensive line play was good. I mean, they had pressure – on Russell Wilson. Again, it just is a stat to prove how good Russell Wilson is, but they got pressure up front, right? Yeah, on, I mean, he, got, he was sacked four times. Yeah, so I mean, they got pressure up there. The defensive line played well. The secondary, they're, they're coming along, but they're not, they're not quite up there. But Dak has to clean up his game because he can be Dak and he can ball out and he can put up yards, but when you turn the ball over, you're not going to win. So, I think that's where they have to clean it up. They have to lean in on the run game a little more. That's where they are. You know, they're 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 just not leaning into it the way I thought they were going to. Um, obviously, they have very talented receivers now, especially with CeeDee Lamb. I just think let's balance out the offense a little bit more, um, a little bit more toward what expectations were coming into the season and clean it up. And you're there. But I think they're putting the pieces together. So that loss, I don't know. I wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be mad about it. It's if you're gonna lose to anyone like that in a close game, Russell yeah. Wilson's the best person to do it to. So no, you're right. But I was I was kind of hoping for a miracle, like when we won the yeah. playoffs like three years ago against Seattle. So, but I mean, my dreams got shut down. But no, I agree with you. I feel Mike McCarthy needs to lean into the run game a lot more than they are. I mean, yeah. Zeke only had 14 touches for. 34 yards. And I mean, they, they were using him for a lot of screen plays and blocking and blocking positions. And I mean, I know he's a solid dude, but the ball belongs in his hands. Like this is how, this is how we get points. This is how we score. And, and, and as you, as you said, and reminded everyone, we have a lot of offensive weapons, you know, we had, we had Cedric Wilson in there that no one even kind of knew who he was until Sunday. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like the talents there, they just have to will it click. And I yeah. think they're improving week week in and week out and I think that's important. Yeah. Um it's just it is unfortunate week 3 I think it really clicked for them this week and they just happened to face the the Seahawks. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. one of the toughest teams in the NFL. Yeah. 
But I mean, uh, you know, we're on to to Cleveland. We're we're facing the Browns back at home, so I'm hoping that we could uh, even it out to two and two. But uh, let's yeah. let's talk about another impressive win. Well, I wouldn't say it's too impressive because it was the Denver Broncos, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveled to Denver to face the Broncos, who put in their third string quarterback like halfway through the game. Yeah. But uh, Tom Brady was was able to pull out a win, um, twenty eight to ten. But it was a little sketchy in the second half. They only scored five points with a safety from Shaquille Barrett in the third quarter. So, Kaylee, I want to know your take. Is uh, Brady impressing you at all? Kind of know the answer to this already. You know, here's the thing: is um, there's not enough. There's not enough yet, right? Um, week one, I think there were there were glimmers of hope. I was impressed by some things. Obviously, there were multiple holes that needed to be patched and filled coming into week two and week three. Um, but they faced the Panthers and then the Broncos. So we're we're in a place right now where I want to see them play a tough game. I want them to come around back and face someone who's a little more um, up there in the NFL rankings. And and we'll see where they where they go. One thing I will say about the Bucks is their defense has improved tremendously since week one not only up front but in the secondary as well those young guys those green guys that we were worried about coming into the season are really getting their footing in the NFL in the league they're really getting kind of more solid as a unit and I think that's going to be important if they stand any chance of going further especially into the postseason so again we will see how they fare against a legitimate offense when they face one but at the end of the day it's 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 improvement week in and week out. And that's all you can ask for. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing is you look at the Broncos and where they are and you look at Brady and how dominant he can be and what he's been capable of through his career. And you kind of wonder why that score wasn't, wasn't further apart. And that's not to say it should be, or like we need to risk, you know, to put more points on the board and stack it on. But um, there were some times that looked shaky and a Broncos team in the, sh- in the shape that they're in, there's not really an excuse. Um, so I think there's still things to iron out and I, I don't know, again, I don't know if they iron it out before the playoffs and get a spot there, but I know they're, they're working it out. They're improving. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers definitely have a long road ahead of them, but they, they showed improvement in Denver. I know that Brady's four and seven in Denver. Cause I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Denver, but the air is yeah. a little bit different. And I guess the velocity of your throws are a little bit thrown off with like, I guess the air dynamics are a little bit different than the rest of the world. I'm not really sure how that works, but I guess that's the thing. So uh, he ha- definitely had to find his footing during that game. But I mean, it was a surprise to me that they weren't able to devise a plan in the locker room with Bruce, Ar- Bruce Arians for the second half to come out even more explosive and throw more points on the board. But I was happy to see that Rob Gronkowski got more involved in the game as well, because I am hoping for that dynamic duo to set fire for them to get the Super Bowl run, or at least make some noise in division, maybe catch a wild card game to, to have some effects in the postseason. So. For sure. I think it almost, and you know, feel free to kind of tell me I'm stupid, but I think it kind of almost feels like there's too much star power um, all in one place. And I know that that's, you know, you wouldn't think of that as a bad thing, but we've seen that in a lot of other sports specifically where you might have all these stars, but that doesn't mean the pieces are going to come together. We saw it in Cleveland last year. Um, and again, that this is a completely different situation through three weeks than, than Cleveland was last year, but it does feel like 
to really be effective as an offense, you do need to have your quarterback have those connections with with a certain running back, with a certain wide receiver, with a certain tight end. And there's just so much, right? There's so many options. You had 100% Mike Evans, 100% Chris Godwin. You have Gronkowski getting involved. You got OJ Howard, who's been great up and you know through three weeks, improving from where he was last year. And it kind of seems like, where does the ball go? And I feel like as we get more into the season, you're going to feel Tom Brady settle into those favorites, right? Those guys that he can go to. Obviously, Mike Evans is one of those guys, but you know, week one, he struggled. So we'll see Tom Brady settle into those guys that he really is going to build a rapport with. And it is just how quickly he falls into that is how quickly they start putting up more points. And I want to see it happen for them. Um, You know, I'm skeptical, but I do want to see it happen for them. I just think it's interesting compared to, you know, we're seeing this back-to-back years with two different teams and just to see how it ends up will be pretty fascinating I think yeah and Chris Godwin actually left the game after hitting five receptions for 64 yards and he is out with a hamstring injury which is very disappointing to know because as you you alluded to he is one of our star star wide receivers and one of Tom Brady's biggest weapons that he's been working out with since the offseason so we're hoping that he can come back but I mean they're going to be facing the LA Chargers I want to know do you have any any predicaments of what you think the Tampa Bay will come up with um, in LA? Um, so I'm still juries out on the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Obviously, we have we don't really have a timeline right now of when Tyrod Taylor is going to return. Yeah. And I'm not really the biggest believer in Tyrod Taylor in general um, historically, but I do think that that's a good point. Um, all the winning teams are spreading the ball around. That is very very true. Um, for the that's most how part, you win the game. Yeah. For the most part, yes. And mm-hmm. um, and I think I I just think that Justin Herbert came out with the element of surprise in week two. We and that's a big deal, right? Like that is a big deal to come out last minute. Um super last minute after Tyrod Taylor got minute. his lung punctured. Super last minute. And to be fair, that's not to say that he didn't have an incredible game, because he did. He played well, but you're not playing a fully developed and ready team who's watched you on film for a week. And I think when you, you take them over to Carolina, that's what kind of happened to them is, you know, you look at them against a team who's had a week to prepare, saw you on film, knows the game, knows that that offense is probably not going to change much within one week. Um, You have about three days of actual preparation to get ready for the next game. So knowing that, I mean, not much is going to change. And, not much really did change. I mean, when you look at statistics, I think you see a relatively conservative for good reason, right? I mean, we don't know. He's not a proven guy, but you see a team that came out very predictable with Justin Herbert. And I think we'll see what changes, but I can't, it's hard to say what the Chargers are going to look like with him because I don't know. Because last week was such a anomaly and the week before was such an anomaly and now we're going into a week where now he's settled in as the starting quarterback but also now there's two weeks of film so yeah we'll see I mean look I I I would love him to be successful uh I don't know if I mean he's thrown in so I'm no one's gonna blame him if he's not great right away but like also it'd be it'd be cool if he was you know it's like a child getting thrown into the pool like you either swink, you either sink or swim, buddy. But you yeah. got to figure out on your own because uh, there might not be a lifeguard on duty to save you. For sure, and that's not necessarily like the best place to get thrown in 
um, right away. So, you know, yeah. but this is, the NFL. this is this is your moment. So this is this Big is what movie. you got drafted to do. You know, so you have to just be ready when it's your time. So hopefully, um, his time will not be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they will be able to get a sweep during that game, like I'm predicting, because he's going to be worried about Shaquille Barrett. I mean, he won the Defensive Player of the Week in the division. He had two sacks, one in the end zone, scoring a safety against the Broncos, I understand. But, I mean, yeah. he's a defensive weapon that that Justin Herbert has better have his eye on because he's going to be a threat. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of quarterbacks, I want to get your thought on how Joe Burrow has kind of started his NFL career. Like, speaking of a guy who has just been – God, just terrorized in the pocket. I mean, he got hit 18 times, sacked eight times. He's been he's taken more sacks than anyone at this point, and he's made a name for himself, right? I mean, they haven't won a game, but they've tied um, again. I mean, with the Eagles. But how do you feel Joe Burrow has come out in his first three NFL games? Do you see improvement? And yeah. what do you think the future looks like for this Bengals team? Okay, so first round draft pick quarterback Joe Burrow has gone to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, he's shown a lot of improvement in the first three weeks after week one um, against L.A., only throwing for 193 yards. He's improved and had, has had more than 300 yards in week two against Cleveland and then week three against Philadelphia. And he was up against a Philadelphia Eagles team that's won a Super Bowl in the last three years. I think it was what, 2017 that they won? Yeah. 17 or 18? 17. 17. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball and a lot of a lot of people that have a lot more um, experience over Joe Burrow. I mean, talking about Carson Wentz. So, I mean, I'm, they got a tie, so I'm happy for him. But, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for Joe Burrow, and he is just only going to get better. And as you said, 18 times. He got hit yeah. 18 times. They got to learn to protect the kid. This is your first round draft pick. You need to protect him. You've you've put so yeah. much into this one person. So yeah, yeah, the offensive linemen need to do a way better job protecting this young kid. Which is crazy because you bring in this guy, you know he's going to be your franchise guy. You know, I mean, unless he really just screws everything up, which is is not happening, he's going to be your franchise guy. He comes into a system that, and I'll I'll put it 75 percent on the O line and. I'll put it 25% on him. He's a guy who is going to try to make something out of nothing. He's constantly trying to prove himself, constantly trying to extend a play, but you're, you know, you got to know, and that's what Tom Brady does best. Um, and that's where I think a lot of quarterbacks look up to him in the sense of knowing the game and knowing when to give, give up a play and just throw it away. And I think Joe yeah. Burrow, he's three games into his NFL career. So I think there's yeah, with only one interception and that was yeah. one. Yes. And so he's not, he is by no means having a bad start, regardless of record. I just think right. he's got to get these like rookie mistakes out of the way. And I think that's one of them is knowing when mm -hmm. to give it up and when to extend. And he's going to figure it out. Um, yeah. They played the Jaguars this week. So I'd like him to figure it out next week, but <laughs> we'll see. You know, she was like, there's no way that this young buck is going to come embarrass my Minshew. No like, way. This is, this is the one week, of course. Like, I have no doubt where he'll put it together. He'll have the best game in NFL history because we love to give quarterbacks those stats and then yeah, he'll walk things. out with his first win of his career. I, It's in the cards. It's in the cards. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, the expectation happening next week for week four. 
So, okay, so my Cowboys are going to be facing the Cleveland Browns, so I'm not too worried about that. Your Jags are up against Cincinnati Bengals, who are 0-3. You guys are 2-1, right? 2-1? We are 1-2. 1-2. Okay, so we both have the same records. Okay, I don't feel that bad anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm up. Okay, so I wanted to get your take really quick. So, week five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be facing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who have just defeated Drew Brees in Sunday Night Football. I mean, that was a hell of a game. Did you watch it? It was incredible. And I picked Aaron off. Yeah, I picked the Packers. And here's the thing is, to be fair to Drew Brees, like, he bounced back, right? He looked phenomenal. The, the thing is, is like, that's how good Aaron Rodgers looks this year. And that is being a, a quarterback in the second year of a system, finally figuring out, having it click with a, a new head coach. And they're 50% on third downs, right? They've punted the ball four times. I mean, that's insane. They've had one three and out in three games. Those are the stats of this year. That's insanity. That's next level. He's playing like he was playing when he was a young buck, you know, top of the line quarterback. And not to say that he ever declined, but with the Packers expected to regress this year, yeah. he's playing phenomenally. And I, yeah. I, I don't know how the Buccaneers win the game. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm I'm expecting it to be that game where. Tom Brady is really going to be exposed. It's going to be his chance, his chance to sink or swim because you're actually facing. I mean, you 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 faced an okay, well, a great team in Week One against Drew Brees and the Saints, but you're going to be facing a whole different division, a whole different monster with Green Bay. So I'm hoping that the Bucks could keep it up. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing with a chip on his shoulder. He sees uh, oh. Jordan Love on the bench, and he's just like, "Nope, you're not taking me out, Coach. You're not taking me out, and I'm about to show you why." And I it's mean, people crazy. people seem to forget that they went 13 and three last year. I yeah, mean, they, they haven't been a bad team in, right. a, in a while, in a hot right. minute. And like Aaron Jones has been a monster. I mean, he he was okay last game, but you look at Lazard, who's for all intents and purposes, a joke to a lot of people fall out. So you've got multiple guys that people have like on the back of their minds. They're not even thinking about they're underestimating. You have this team come out where, you know, even I talked a lot of trash on Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers saying they didn't have no favors. They didn't reinforce the offense. He's hung out to dry this year. Yeah. And I mean, what he's doing a lot with a little and not to say that their talents a little, but compared to a lot of these superstar studded teams in the NFL like he's they're they're phenomenal so I just think it's going to be hard unless something drastic improves on the Bucks in the next two weeks I mean I don't I don't know that they win that game but it'll be a good game for sure because he's not going to go out without a fight and I just think Aaron Rodgers is playing I mean next level right now it's it's actually kind of crazy considering his age and his years in the league like and he's what are you digressing yeah no he's yeah. incredible yeah yeah I feel like Aaron Rodgers has a a lot of a lot of years still in him I don't I don't feel like his game has regressed n- not much in the past few years and I think it was yeah. uh instead of getting weapons for him as they should have been in in the draft they they rounded up to pick up a QB so I mean very it's questionable harsh. decision and very questionable decision in, in Green Bay, but um, we'll see how it works out for them. But I'm hoping that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can pull out one of their first like 
wins that actually have a meaning to it. But um, yeah. I wanted yeah. to get your take really quick. We have Jay, uh, Jay in the mm. comments. Appreciate you watching, Jay. But he wants to know our thoughts on the QB situation in the sh with Chicago Bears because the Chicago Bears are three and O. Shocking. This is the luckiest, Dang. most like non-talented three and O team in the league right now. It's incredible. I mean, you win week one because the lions drop a drop game. A touchdown. Pass. You have Saquon Barkley out and you still don't really do anything in the second half against the giants. You got lucky. And then you come in and you put Foles in and he leads you to this incredible fourth quarter comeback win and all of it. This is the luckiest team in the league right now, yeah. and it's only a matter of time before they get exposed. And trust me, I know what it's like to have Nick Foles as my quarterback for a season, not for a postseason and maybe a Super Bowl. I know what it's like to have him as a regular season quarterback. This you isn't had him go for well. five minutes, though, because, I mean, he wasn't able to play injury, after probably. he got hurt. Yeah, well, then he came back and he got benched. Yeah. But what I will say is I think for a team that's like, I think one shining light on it is that had this team been 0-2 going into this week, I don't think they make that decision because I think knowing that Foles is pretty injury prone, at that point, maybe they would have just said, screw it, let's try to develop Trubisky more. But now they've gotten lucky twice. They're 2-0. Yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes, their playoff hopes are alive or whatever. But this is the time I think really when you're like, we are on a roll, however it's happening, let's keep it going. And I don't think that that's a bad move. I think it's a good move. And I think it could be the way to keep Allen Robinson in Chicago. Yes. And I think as a guy who's very unhappy with Trubisky and playing in that system, I think you bring in Nick Foles. If Nick Foles can get the ball to Allen Robinson, who is deserving of those yes. touches and deserving Absolutely. of the reps, I think that's how you keep Allen Robinson in Chicago. And that's, yeah. I mean, and they need him. They need him because they're not going to be able to find a guy like Allen Robinson. And with the contracts they've got shoveled out, they're either going to have to draft a guy and develop him, or they're going to have to sign someone for and pay out a guy who's not as good. Right. And so, so they, they might as well keep him. There's no point. Just keep the guy happy. Keep the wins coming. If Nick Foles is your answer, keep him in. But I mean, I was a little surprised because I mean, yes, I know that they were down by 10 or what have you, but I, I didn't think Trubisky was playing terrible to the point where they were going to throw in Nick Foles. But I mean, good for them. They were able to pull out a fourth quarter win against the Atlanta Falcons that just seemed to be completely cursed because they just always seem to throw the ball away in the last innings of the game. But I mean, good for Nick Foles. I mean, he's a championship yeah. quarterback. So uh, we're, I'm interested to see how he carries the, uh, the Chicago bears, but they're going to be facing the Colts next week. And then they got the bucks right after for a Thursday night football game. So I'm not, I, I don't think that undefeated record is going to hang around for too much longer, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, so we just got a, a, a note about, the NFL sending a memo to coaches about this mask policy. Um, I think it'd be great to dive into what's going on with COVID-19, the Tennessee Titans and, and the NFL. I mean, we've got a postponed game. For those of you who don't know, the yeah. Titans and Vikings game has been postponed. 
They will try to play it potentially Monday for those of you who play fantasy football. As long as they play the game Monday, it will count toward this week's points. I know, I mean, if they try to play it another day, I don't really know how that's going to work, but that's kind of what's been put out there now. So what do you think, how do you think the NFL proceeds? Because this is very different than baseball. You can't turn around and play a doubleheader. You can't, you, they're not in a bubble. So do you think this is a one and done? We figure this outbreak out and, and we play the rest of the NFL season. Are we going to see this happen more? And why aren't we getting immediate testing at the stadium like I thought we were planning to do? Why are these tests coming back after the team is left and gone and, and, right, and right. other people? <laughs> what do you think about this? I think the NFL have obviously not taken the, preca- the necessary precautions that they should be. I feel like the testing need to be done on a daily basis whenever you walk into a facility. And you should not be able to travel with the team until you get your results back. So the Tennessee Titans have four uh, football players that have tested positive for the COVID-19 virus that has postponed the Steelers game. till there's they're saying it's either going to get played Monday or Tuesday. So we might have a Monday night doubleheader, or we might have an NFL football game on a Tuesday, which is going to be odd, something new, but I mean, right. Not complaining an extra day of football, (laughs) but I mean, it's, it's just a little, it's a little sad and a little discouraging to hear this news so early in the season, because it's just like, you don't want this virus anywhere near this league because it's just so detrimental to the season. I mean, that could just throw, I mean, the the Titans are three and all right now, and now they have COVID there's a COVID outbreak in the locker room. So that just could totally change the course of their path with this NFL season. And I just, I'm hoping that this, the numbers don't grow and I'm hoping that this outbreak can be contained, but, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying that the NFL is literally doing everything in their power to contain and quarantine who needs to be quarantined. And Adam Schefter has said that the NFL um, strongly worded a memo for the team's executives, GMs, and, and head coaches to be urging everybody to do daily protocols as in washing your hands every five minutes um, social distancing as much as you can. I mean, I know it's a contact sport, but people need to, you know, put in a l- as much work as they can to keep themselves safe, to keep their families back at home safe. So, I mean, if you want to continue to get this bag and to to uh, strive for a championship, you need to do what it takes to keep yourself safe. So, I mean, okay. it's definitely a little discouraging to hear this news, and I just I hope they can contain it and it doesn't spread throughout the league. For sure, and and you know, last week they did fine head coaches they find three head coaches over a hundred like a hundred grand yeah because they were warned previously about the mask policies so they're only doing it to themselves i don't feel bad but now they're they're threatening them with suspensions and forfeiting draft picks and that's um that's how seriously they're trying to take it but you know i i just don't know if it's it's protocol and it's performative and we're we're doing all the things and saying all the things and throwing out fines to make it look like we're containing it but right. you have an outbreak and i think we ca- i don't know about you i definitely expected a little bit more rapid testing going into the games yeah so that these situations didn't happen um and so that these situations were mitigated from the jump as opposed to saying like cuz imagine if they were an away team right like they're an away team getting on a plane now they're traveling going to their facility to find out they have COVID, like they've probably given COVID to the home team. Like there's a lot of, it's a, it's a trickle down effect with this virus. So I just need them to figure it out. Um, yeah. 
obviously. I think we'll see how it goes. I get, I, I agree. I want to see a game played. Um, but I also understand like the risks of the virus on athletes. So I do want to make sure no one's playing with a risk involved of getting the virus. Obviously, it's very serious for athletes um, who show symptoms and who don't show symptoms. So yeah, I think we'll see. But um, but yeah, I just it, it it's better to get it figured out now than have this happen. You know, playoff week. I guess right, I mean, right. I right. don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to like find positive spins on it, but yeah. um. Yeah, so, you know. No, you're right. I'd rather it happen now than the week before the Super Bowl and there's a team that has to sit out because, you know, their star player has to sit out because of this virus. I mean, knock on wood that that's not going to happen, but, I mean, that would just completely destroy me. Yeah, it would. You know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's something that's better off in week three, so by week six it can be handled. But, I mean. For sure. I just I don't I don't see them actually having a successful way to contain this. Like I, I feel like we're gonna probably hear about this more and more throughout the season. I mean, it might just be like every team kind of gets hit with a few players. You know, they quarantine. Maybe it doesn't spread throughout the locker room. I mean, Notre Dame. Let's talk about college football for a second. But Notre Dame has 18 players that have tested positive and has just completely thrown off the course of their their season. I mean, that's a lot of players, 18. That's yeah. You only have what 11 guys on the field at one time. So, I mean, that's, that's, that might be your whole starting lineup. It's really hard. It's really hard. And it's hard because to orchestrate college football this year, we've seen it. It's been a challenge. Right. And when you have these conferences and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not shaming Notre Dame. So no Notre Dame hate, but you have conferences that brought you in to incorporate you into their schedule, to make it work for you as an independent team. And like now, obviously protocol was not followed because that's, there's no way you get 18 cases on the same athletic team, not even in the athletic department, but on the same team. I understand there's a lot of guys on a college football team. I get it, but this is a big percentage of them. And this is just, and this is people we know have the virus, not even the people who have yet to test positive because there is an incubation period on this virus where you're going to test negative even if you are spreading it and have it. So there are people we probably don't even know that have this virus in Notre Dame. And there's something in protocol that's not working or not being followed or not being taken seriously. And that's putting the ACC at risk. That's putting other conferences at risk that you are playing because you're an independent team and you're being brought into these all conference schedules to be to basically help you out and to give you a schedule so you can play a season and now you're putting really every college athlete that you're coming in contact with as a team at risk and that's really tough yeah it is well, we're going to end things on that note. I hate to be talking about COVID to end our, our segment for episode six of Beauty and the Cleats. Thank you so much for hanging with us. If you're watching from Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're at, we so appreciate you being here. Kaylee, yeah. any final thoughts before we wrap up episode six? Give me your rapid, rapid prediction for game one of the NBA finals tonight. Ooh, Who do you think takes game I one? I almost forgot that was going on. All this football talk. Can't yes. forget it. starts in three minutes. So you have to make the prediction now because, like, it doesn't count. <laughs> okay, okay. So NBA finals is kicking off tonight with the Lakers and the Miami Heat. Um, as you said, we are, are in Florida, and we got to rep our Florida State's uh, fans. So I'm, I'm saying game one. 
in my I'm game one for Miami. That's what I'm predicting. Okay. Uh, the score is going to be 120 to 116 for game one against I the Lakers. That. I think Miami comes out strong. Miami comes out strong. I think they're going to put up they're going to put up over 110 for sure. They've been averaging well above that. Yeah. Um, but I believe in Jimmy Butler and his coffee. So, you know, I'm on the train. I know I talked a lot of crap about the Miami Heat. Um, I didn't believe in them. I, I doubted them. I'm sorry. Formal apology to Miami and all your citizens. But, um, yeah, I the, the Heat take it. But just had to get your rapid your rapid prediction. So we yes, have two minutes yes. until tip-off for the NBA Finals. The last series of NBA bubble life. And I'm going to say I'm a little sad about it. But Me too. But the season's <laughs> starting in January. We made Apparently it. We're trying we to kick it. off the season really soon. So I'm yeah. not going to be sad for too long. You're so never right after the holiday seasons, it's going to be a gift yeah. to have NBA back. <laughs> it will. It will. So – Thank you guys for tuning in to episode six. Catch us on Instagram at Beauty and the Cleats podcast, on Twitter at Beauty underscore Cleats, on YouTube and Facebook, Beauty and the Cleats. And we will catch you guys next week. Have a great night. Bye.